Welcome to Scene Change, a podcast by the National Federation of the Blind's Performing Arts Division. All about equality, opportunity, accessibility, and the arts. Here, you'll learn adaptive techniques from performers in the know. We are changing what it means to be blind, one stage at a time. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Scene Change. I'm your host, Lizzie Muhammad Park, and today we've got an awesome episode for you. So, if you've been listening to the show, you know that we love a theme around here. What does that mean? That it's February. So, we have another Valentine's Day episode just for you and whoever else is listening. Today, we have co hosts of the It Goes Down in the DM podcast, and they are co hosts in real life as well. Let's welcome to the show Danny and Michelle. Hey, guys, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, that, was a, that was an amazing intro. Thank you. I know. You. I feel so honored now. <laughs> you should. You should. We're honored to have you. Let's start off with some intros. It can be really informal, really fun. Just who are you? What do you like to do for fun? Whatever you want to share with our audience. You know, Izzy, can we make it a little funner? Like a little more fun? A little and, funner. Yeah, the judgy. And can <laughs> we that. intro each other? Ooh, I love that. Yes, please do. All right, honey, <laughs> can I go first? Yes. Oh, this is going to be fantastic. Okay. <laughs> so I want to introduce you guys to my husband, Dan Romero. You can find him all over social media at Romero on Air. He's a podcaster and a radio personality, and he also works for the state of Ohio. Uh, so he does have a nine to five, but the best way to catch him is during the week from 7 p.m. until some time in the evening when I go to sleep on TNN Country Radio. You can catch him on the weekends on one of my favorite stations, Eagle Online Radio, and that's 80s and 90s, and it caters to my old soul. Uh, aside from It Goes Down to the DM, which is our podcast about love, intimacy, and relationships, he's working on a new radio podcast and you guys will hear more about that if you follow him on tiktok at the blind radio guy did i miss anything no i think that's fantastic i think you nailed it i love that oh meet my wife michelle author ml farrell who has a book out in amazon kindle store and you can also order a copy a uh a paperback copy as well uh the audio book version coming this year and uh, we're really excited. It's called How Much Can I See? How Much Can... What is it called? How Much Can I See, right? Wow. It's called How Much Can I See? A Novel, a novel in Essays, Essays volume, volume 1. And that's her first book. And she's also putting out another book very soon of poems that she wrote to add to her How Much Can I See? Uh, pretty, can I call it a trilogy? Uh, can I call it a story? Call it a series or a series. collection. I love uh, what she's doing. She's also the social media queen of It Goes Down in the DM and everything we do. She's also running her own Facebook group uh, under her uh, book title that uh, that has a bunch of affirmations and a bunch of uh, things to, to get you inspired to love yourself every day. Uh, she also runs all of her pages as well as a new Facebook group that she's working on for blind and visually impaired women 
on fashion and being able to team up with uh, blind uh, organization, blindness organizations who are, you know, diving into fashion and allowing for people to have the opportunity to get help with their fashion by uh, sighted volunteers. And that's called See My Style, and that's going to be launching very, very soon. And so she is doing a lot of things herself. She's incredible. So that's that's my wife. Whoa, you guys are... I don't even know where to start. Because <laughs> <laughs> the combination and like it just kept going on for both of you. I'm like, listen, the combination listen. of creativity in this Zoom room right now is just it's crazy. So we're going to have some good conversation. Um, so I have to ask first, just like I have to if I don't ask, it's going to get, you know, really bother me. So what is the book about? So, How Much Can I See a Novel in Essays follows Maya Ferris, who is a 30-year-old woman, and she's reflecting on her life. Uh, It's based on my own story as an African-American woman who's also blind, who is also a cancer survivor. And I dive into um, what cancer was like growing up in the hospital and how it affected me and how it affected my family and so there's some fictional, fictional aspects with the names, but all of the things that have happened in the story have happened to me. So it gets very personal um, and very mm. intimate. But one of the biggest things I try to let people know is regardless of what you've gone through in life, there are no heroes and there are no villains. There are people who have roles and sometimes those roles are good and sometimes those roles are bad, but always you will learn something. Yeah, for sure. Everyone has something to teach you. That's so true. And then, let me see. Ah, and the fashion situation. Now, that is something that just, I love fashion. So, um, and we had a a blind model on a couple of months ago. So, we may need to have the two of you on together because that would be interesting. Um, But what inspired you to start the fashion group on Facebook? So, See My Style, I was actually inspired uh, by our good friend Shane's wife, Precious. (laughs) Precious. <laughs> the one and only. Yes. And uh, the star herself. Yes, that girl. <laughs> she I fangirl about my little sister all the time. Um, but <laughs> being a partial, she and I talk fashion a lot. And she comes to me and she'll ask me, like, Michelle, what do you think about the way this looks? And I tell people, like, I'm losing vision too. I have to go to other people now to ask about yeah. fashion. So yeah. let me create a network of people who are available to answer those questions. But I also wanted that there are so many people out here who are blind and visually impaired who genuinely are told regularly, like, you're blind, it shouldn't matter what you look like or what you're wearing. And I'm like, no, my Mm -hmm. wardrobe is my armor. And I wanna create a space not only where women can be strengthened knowing that they're picking their own armor, but a place to acknowledge the blind and visually impaired women who are out here supporting that. Um, like Blind Delights, getting into skincare. Uh, my friend Lakeisha, she does Color Street, which is nails and hand care. Like, there are so many women who, who deserve to be recognized, and I just wanted to create a space for that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that looking good goes a long way toward feeling good too. And, you know, we're all about female empowerment, blind empowerment um, here on this show. So thank you for bringing that. I had to ask. It was just going to bother me the whole time. But let's jump right into it. 
for our listeners who don't know about Down in the DM, could you tell us what what is the podcast? Like what is it's a relationship podcast, right? But are you all um, is it the two of you talking to each other? Are you interviewing people? What's the format? So I wanted to gather all the expertise that I've had in radio and be able to produce something that was a little more real and it wasn't and it wasn't just me trying to play up uh, the radio guy. And so I was like, oh, why not do a podcast with at the time my soon to be wife because uh, we we had been talking about getting married, but we had talked about this podcast way before because I was doing a radio show, a morning show for an FM station in Florida, and I would be looking at a bunch of news stories, and we would just get into all these news stories and topics, and we would just go on rants <laughs> about them, and, and we would have so much fun, and we're like, we need to record this. This needs to be a podcast. And then we also understood that, you know, she's she's 31, I'm, thir I'm about to turn 30, we understood that people around our age don't uh, really subscribe to the marriage and traditional values thing anymore. And I wanted a podcast to show off how much fun we have as a couple at that age who is enjoying it, who is having fun. And so the idea of the podcast is discovering what love looks like for you. And we also have a bunch of other things that we do. We play games on there. We love to play games and bring people together, have couples go head-to-head -head, uh, on a on a game called Name That... Well, we call it That's My Jam, but it's our version of Name That Tune. So we play games. We we have, like, around-the-room co conversations. It's, it's jam-packed with a lot of stuff. Yeah, we, you know, to get really down deep into it, Dan and I also somehow ended up as the go-to people for advice about everything and so the actual concept came because a lot of people were coming to me to ask me for advice so we would use clubhouse and i would host what i call dear michelle rooms and at the time danny was just my male companion to give advice from the men's perspective and i was like we could do so much more with this based on conversations that we have, based on articles, based on, you know, even if we just talked about crazy celebrities in their relationships, there was so many places that we could go. Um, I occasionally will do romance book reviews because there's so many people out here who like romance and I love books. We have unpopular opinions. We are gonna be doing a dating game this year uh, called Who's Your Musical Match? We're gonna be introducing a game that we uh, are really excited about called For the Love of Lyrics. Um, and then we also do Would You Rather is we utilize TikToks. I mean, so much goes into the planning and preparation into the podcast. And then we also managed to, because of Danny's radio connections and his history, he was like, we can clean this up and put it on radio. So that station that he was doing out in Florida, it goes down the DM was on every Saturday night. Um, and so then we started marketing it as it goes down in the DM. It's the podcast that made it to radio. So then that's when we really started bringing our friends on and letting people know, like, these are the people that we know behind the scenes. And then, 
we got welcomed onto the Venom family, and we we were able to start introducing our musical tastes. And Venom FM is a, an online uh, radio uh, network run by our our very own Shane here. So, you know, it's it's always uh, wonderful to not only be working with a friend, but bring you know my talents and everything that I've been able to gain to a network that my friend runs as well. So. I'm telling you, we do a lot. There's so much that happens here. Yeah, now it's just 100%. this phenomenon where people will randomly text us and they'll be like, "Here's an idea for a show for the show," and so we'll play TikToks and be like, "This TikTok was sent to us by, yeah, you know, so we have people constantly sending us things now, and um, the numbers of the podcast have con have gone up. Uh, I, I mean, just so so high, and so we're so thankful." That just a little, a little over a year, and our podcast has been doing very, very well. It's just blown up, is what it seems like to me. But I mean, listener interaction is so important um, when you're running a podcast. But it seems to me like you guys have been able to get really good interaction because um, you started with good intentions. I mean, I love the quote that was said, what does love look like for you? That's important. You're being very inclusive um, and really caring about your community. So of course, you know they pass. You know they pass it along. They give you know new ideas, all these different things. Um, so you know, just kudos to you all for being so well connected um, with your listeners. Who I mean, honestly, it sounds like you guys have a, a bit of a down in the DMs family over there. So, um, but I heard you say, Danny, that you do around the room, and I know. I know that phrase uh, from listening to my favorite morning show. And when I was stalking you, clearly, to prepare yeah. for this show, yeah. <laughs> because I have to stalk everyone, right? Um, I heard that you were on Elvis Duran and you were the resident blind guy. So, right, I sure was. <laughs> <laughs> so please do just tell our listeners a little bit about that because I'm sure that I'm not the only Elvis Duran fan here. Yeah. So I was a kid. I grew up listening to Elvis Duran when he was just a New York show. Uh, I found the station when I found the station when I was t seven years old, and so I was listening to Elvis since I was seven, and it was just like my dream to always meet the show. Uh, and so in uh, 2011, I was about to make it on the air, but didn't get to make it on the air for that specific conversation. And at the time, the phone producer, who's a good friend of mine. Uh, had said, "Hey, we're gonna. I'm gonna take your phone number down so that uh, if there's ever some topics about blindness that comes up on the show, I'll have, uh, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, we'll give you a call." <laughs> I was like, "Okay," and uh, so they did. A couple weeks later, about um, at the time, Twitter, you used to do hashtag FF right for Follow Friday, and uh, you would tag people that you cared about. And this is when Twitter was a lot of fun. And so you, so I would tag the morning show, tag all the members of the show. And so my first time on air as the resident blind guy was Elvis asking me how I use Twitter, being blind. Uh, and so, you know, all the audios out there. So if you ever want to find it, it's on SoundCloud for sure. But True. I've I've been on uh, Elvis's show multiple times. I. Uh, after that, I was able to gain a, a, a friendship with them, and I sent an email saying, hey, I'm, I'm totally into radio. I want to learn some things from one of the best shows in the country. Can I go there? I'm not even trying to be on the radio. And uh, I went there, and 
I don't know. Elvis just saw it in me, I guess, and he put me on the air, and and I'm so grateful for that because, my God, that's like a dream come true. I, I, my, the the I always say like that the ten year old me would be screaming, right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I do want to say too, I married someone who's truly, truly talented. Like I never wanted to be on a mic and do a podcast and listen to myself talk and try to be funny and i have managed to not only learn from him but slowly also make similar connections so one of the coolest things that happened to me since we've been together is i'm just this nobody independent author on clubhouse and when shane was interviewing me um, last year thanks shane by the way uh and Scary Jones came in and listened to my entire interview, and I lost it. Like, <laughs> I, I lost it. And I know that that happened because of who my husband is. Like, Scary Jones doesn't care about some nobody independent author's books, but <laughs> my husband really was promoting. Like, my, my wife's doing an interview on Clubhouse, come listen. And he came and listened, and... Wendy Wild retweets me regularly now, and I get really excited about it. And Aubrey O'Day <laughs> tweets me back, and like these things happen because of who my husband is, and I'm not, I'm not disillusioned about that. Like I know that I would have never, or if I did connect with those people, it would have taken a lot of time. But at the same time, I mean, listen, it takes a great woman to find a great man, too. So, you know, you got to give yourself some props there, no doubt. I know you are. Um, because, <laughs> yeah, I see you. you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, listen, and listen. Yeah. Um, I told you we're both <laughs> on the female empowerment. And I know you are, too. I let's get into that, um, yeah. a little deeper into the, the relationship side, because that's what your podcast is all about. So were you all in a relationship when you started the podcast, like when you started the show, or... Um, was it that you started the show and then you were like, wait, there's a spark. No, yeah, no, we were in a relationship already. Yeah, we, oh, we had been together for a few months and we had actually been living together for almost two months. Or for a little over two months when our first episode came out. Um, but we had been together by that time for probably around six months, a little less than six months. We really wow. took our time and... When we got into a relationship, we both kind of knew, like, I I was 30, I was going on to 30 when I met him, and I was like, I'm not messing around anymore. Let's sit here and actually talk about what our relationship is going to look like. And even with the podcast, we said, we're going to be very transparent. So... The things we agree on on the podcast are genuinely things we agree about. The things we disagree are genuine. And then sometimes I learn new things about him. And my reaction is very, very live. Like, <laughs> like I just like, oh, I didn't know this about you. This is new to me. So it's very, it's very interesting to be one of those couples who your life is like, out there for the world to see but we also as a couple are very authentic and we knew going into the idea of having a podcast our relationship needed to be in a stable place 
because now our relationship is in a place where it can be scrutinized by strangers. So we made sure that we were solid about who we were as a couple and then further made sure we were solid about what does this podcast stand for? So important. So, so important. If I could have just written down every single thing that you just said as you said it, I would have. Because there's so many things that you said in there um, that are not only true, but also just just things that I want to delve so much deeper into. But one thing that I caught was when you first started speaking, you said, I'm not messing around. That is, in my opinion, one of the biggest things um, that people who are looking to get into a serious relationship um, need to know about themselves. I mean, so often we'll see people who kind of downplay their intentions, um, especially when they want to get serious. I feel like in modern times, uh, the culture says, you know, well, you know, just have fun. But if you are interested in a serious relationship, I think it's better for people to just be honest about that. And I love that you were, you know what I mean? Um, that you, that you both were. Um, and just, just the note about being transparent, just being honest, being yourself and being authentic. I'm, I'm, that just comes across so well in the show. Um, so what are you all comfortable sharing about how you met and about your love story? Because oh, sure, I think it takes, a, it takes there. a strong, I was going to say, it takes a strong love story um, to, to hold up to the, the scrutiny of the public. It's, it's, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely out there. So the story was, uh, that I was doing po- podcasts, uh, podcast work with a buddy of mine, uh, rest in peace to my buddy, Adam, who passed away last year, but we were doing podcast uh, stuff together and we would go in and do verses. And at the time, uh, it was, you know, artists were going on live and doing verses where they would play their best songs and people would, you know, vote to, to say who, who had the best playlist, right? Who had the best playlist of their songs? Well, we decided to do it based on musical genre or artists. And so we would do, uh, we did like Disney, we did movie soundtracks, all this stuff. And uh, Michelle was coming into the rooms. Now, I love her her story because uh, <laughs> she likes to tell people I didn't like her. That's always a good one. Uh, but, you know, I've always been kind of... Uh, standoffish is the word he's so, looking for. Yeah, the more so the standoffish type because I never like to give anybody the wrong vibe, ever. Like, that hasn't ever been me. And, uh, and so I really was... I just avoid that. And so to her, my standoffishness was I didn't like her, but... Uh, I asked who the who the f is this, you know, in the, in, in, a, in a room one day, and uh, and she told me who she was, and you can go and pick it up from there. Oh yeah, so because that's always good. So keep in mind, this isn't the first time I had been in a room with him. This is the first time he was acknowledging my presence, <laughs> and so <laughs> it, it, it's like <laughs> you could tell that he was like drinking. It's the middle of the night after their Saturday live show. And I was like, he is not a nice man. Like, <laughs> and I was like, yo, why don't you like me? Like, like, what is going on? And he's like, I don't dislike you. And I was like, I'm in rooms with you all the time. And the first time you speak to me is disrespectful and I'm not for it. And he goes, catch me off clubhouse and we'll see. Like that was <laughs> what I got from like, like with the ellipses and everything. I was like, all right, we'll see. I went and re-downloaded Twitter and, like, found him to follow him on Twitter because he wasn't active on any of his other social media profiles. 
And um, I found out that, you know, he had just gone through a breakup and stuff. So I was like, I'm going to give him some time. So then I reached, I actually did reach out to him. I slid into his DMs. <laughs> and I was like, if I'm going to be coming around you at the clubhouse, even if you're going to be mean to me, I'm going to take it. Like, obviously, you are going through something. And it, he wasn't disrespectful, don't get me wrong, but you could just really tell he wasn't an easy person to get to know. I know and what you mean. I felt like he was worth it. Like, I asked around about him, and I'm very new to the blind community. So it was such a mixed bag of, like, some people were like, oh, yeah, he's amazing. And other people were like, I wouldn't spit on him if he was on fire. Oh. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I just kind of had to decide on my own. And so we texted back and forth for a while. We messaged on on Twitter. And then one day in the clubhouse room, I was like, I'm going to call you. I'm going to hit you up. You're not going to keep treating me like this. And he is so dismissive. He would be like, all right, Michelle, sweetheart, what's your vote? Skip right over me like I didn't matter. All right, Marissa, sweetheart, what's your vote? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, you'll not be sweethearting me and making me not matter. So... I finally got him at a time where he wasn't busy, and our first conversation lasted for six hours, and then we just never really stopped talking. He wow. did have a period of time where he got really dumb and thought he didn't need me, but he's since learned. That's so, right. You know, Sometimes okay. they got to learn. Oh, you do, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting you shine. Okay. Okay, the light is on her. Everybody wants to be a sun among stars. I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it's so funny. Um... I'm I'm really enjoying hearing about you all's love story because there's so many parallels between yours and and honestly mine. Um, when I first met my husband, he was quite standoffish and also allergic to dogs, and I have a guide dog. So mm. um, everybody just kept going, "Oh, that's not gonna work." But you know what? You, you talk, and um, you know Michelle, you you let him know, and um, there you go. You got got everything squared away, and now look, you're married. So you know, I also. Uh -huh. To be 100% like honest, all jokes aside, mm -hmm. it was a couple of things. One of the main things is I was intentional. Like I straight up told him, yeah, if like I'm interested in actually pursuing something with you, and if you're not for this or ready for this, let me know because what I'm not about to do is be wasting my time. Exactly. Um, so I was very clear on that, and he respected that. But he as as a man also took time when I said that to step back and evaluate what is it that I want because this woman deserves more respect from me than to just be out here you know texting her when it's convenient or not talking to her for two and three days like he acknowledged that I deserve more respect and he handled me accordingly and I think that that's important like be intentional about your relationships out here and every time our relationship changed we talked about it we didn't go from talking to being in a relationship or dating without ever having that conversation so every time we when we went from talking to dating we talked about it we went from dating to publicly in a relationship we talked about it because that needs to be established people move in relationships without making sure everyone's moving in the right direction I agree with that 100%. I mean, there's a quote in a book, and this can be applied. It says men in the quote, but um, this can be applied to literally everyone. But the quote is, men respect standards, get some. So basically, it's just saying, don't be afraid to be honest about mm -hmm. how you feel and what you're looking for. Um, and it sounds like that is something that you did 100%. I don't know if that was easy or not, 
but you did it. You know what I mean? And it worked. Was it easy? Uh, you know, actually, yes, but only because prior to meeting him, I had spent the prior couple of years single after getting out of a bad relationship, and I really worked on myself. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that fear of what if he doesn't want this too. I had the understanding that like I don't have patience anymore. So if you don't want this, just say that. And, and it also so, sounds like you were comfortable, right, with yourself. I was comfortable with myself, but I more than anything, I was comfortable with him. From our mm. very first conversation, there was never a feeling like, oh, I can't say this to him or yeah. how do I bring this up or yeah. is he going to see me differently for feeling this way? Mm. I have two questions coming, but now I don't know what order to put them in. <laughs> let's let's go. Let's go this way. We'll talk about confidence right now. I think you know? even knowing what you want in general is confidence uh, and being able to nail that down because you are you know, comfortable with yourself to know exactly what you require to make you happy. More exactly. than confidence, I think scruples are important. Because, yes, we were what both... What do you mean by that? Well, so, we were both confident in what we wanted, but we also were both scrupulous. We both said these are the things that we believe in when it comes to being in a relationship, and these are the behaviors that we find respectable, and we're going to follow these regardless. So if you're not someone, if being with you means I have to suddenly become unscrupulous, you're not worth mm. being with. And mm. and for me, that was something like, like knowing I have a partner who's going to stick by his scruples no matter what is a big deal to me. Because it means that at the end of the day, our relationship and our foundation is the most important because that's something that you stand on. Yeah, 100%. Go ahead with your question, though. My original question was just in discussing um, the ways that a confident person enters a relationship versus someone who has a bit of insecurity going into a relationship. Because I feel like um, someone who's not comfortable being with themselves, and I think a lot of people aren't um, willing willing to... to walk while dating you know when you're i feel like when you're married it's, it's a little different um the stakes are a bit higher so you can't just walk for like every little thing but you also know that person more right um but in the beginning you know especially if someone isn't meeting the standards that you set for how you'd like to be treated it takes confidence to say i'm not messing around it takes confidence to say this is how i deserve to be treated this is how i want to be treated um and be willing to walk if not, but now I'm also considering scruples and being scrupulous, being being scrupulous or unscrupulous, um, um, and and how that factors um, into this conversation. You're you're not wrong. I actually think about it the other way around. Mm-hmm. I think that in the beginning, like so, when it comes to things I'm insecure about, I was more confident bringing them up in the beginning. Versus bringing them up as a married woman. Because now I have to stop and think about, like, is this worth bringing up? Or is it a small thing? Whereas in the beginning, I'm like, you're either going to leave or you're going to stay. And I'm the type of person, I I don't want to bog my partner down with a whole bunch of small things. And I mean a small thing as, like... I don't know if, if I don't feel like my wig is sitting right 
and I can just be like, oh, how does this wig look? And he tells me it's not sitting right, and then all of a sudden I'm emotional about it. But I already said it looked crazy. So now he's just <laughs> agreeing with me, and if I'm becoming emotional, that's something I have to deal with. Like, that's not on him. And I think being able to break those things down in a marriage sometimes is a little harder than when you are single or when you're just entering a relationship. Because when I'm just in a relationship, sometimes I'm just like, you know what, it's not worth it to bring it up. He's not going to care about this wig one way or the other. And he might not be here tomorrow. I also think that uh, you're absolutely right. It takes confidence to, to be able to iron out your insecurities or see what you're even willing to kind of brush over if you have someone that you can lean on effectively. But I also think it takes confidence to really say to someone, you know, I don't think I can put up with your insecurities. I don't think that right. I, I don't think I can handle your insecurities from where I'm at in my life. And I don't think that's mean. I don't think that's harsh. I think we really need to stop uh, over analyzing and making these situations like believe people when they tell you how they feel about you. Mm hmm. And and you have to run with it. It might suck. the 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 pain might might be rough at that moment, but at least they had respect for you to tell you that they won't be able to handle you. You know, we were recording for the podcast the other day, and you said something to the effect of, "Once a woman starts withholding intimacy, that's when she's lost respect for you." One thousand percent. And all mm -hmm. the ladies gasped. And then we're looking to see, like, Michelle, how are you going to react to that? And I was like, I knew this from the beginning of the relationship. Like, like this isn't news to me. And I even told my best friend yesterday, like, I'm glad I'm married to someone who has the confidence to say that. But if you're in a relationship where you can't talk about intimacy when you're starting to weaponize intimacy, mm -hmm. that's a problem. And that's also a relationship you don't need to be in. So don't try to penalize him for saying, like, oh, I'm leaving if she's withholding when mm. it's unrealistic for her for her to withhold in the first place. Like the double standard is very crazy to me, too. And that's one of the things that he and I definitely agree on and we talk about regularly. And it's the unpopular opinion because everybody's just like, oh, it's, you know, intimacy, especially, you know, physical relations shouldn't be like you know something that's so big that holds up your relationship but no it's a big part it's a bit connecting that way is a big part man it is a big part and it's also really important too um i think that that what makes this common unpopular is the fact that people don't they're not thinking of it in the way that you mean it when you say withholding, that is the key verb there. Right. It doesn't mean like, you know, she can't or like, what, like, like you know, she's she's really sick or something. It's not exactly. that. You're saying withholding yes. as in exactly, you know what I mean? And, and Michelle said it right. She said weaponize. You know what I mean? So it's it's all in how you how you think of these things. Um, you know, yes, physical either. Like one of the things that we do it that's counted as intimacy we do the puzzle of the day on the Echo together every day for like since, I don't know, for what, a month or so? Yeah. We started doing it and now it's part of our regular routine. 
Like, yeah. and that's our moment. It might only be in three or five minutes, but that's something I look forward to. It's weird if we're, say, in an argument. I'm not going to walk up to him and be like, you want to do the puzzle in the middle of the <laughs> argument? Like, that's well, intimacy, yeah. and, and it and, goes and away. And also, to the, the fact is, is um, you have to be able to take accountability, right? Yeah. Uh, accountability is huge. And if you're not willing in, in your everyday friendships, if you're not willing to take accountability for the, the reasons why things may be going the way that they are in your life, uh, and you're constantly in this loop of why, why does this happen this way? And you're not noticing what it is. If you're not willing to take accountability for yourself, you're not willing to take accountability for the mistakes that you make when you're in a partnership with someone. And I think that's huge. I think that's something that people really have to focus on as well. And people are probably not ready to be in a relationship if they can't take accountability for things. For sure. I think that a lot of things in life really do boil down to, honestly, two things. Um, maturity and security, which, you know, confidence. Yes. Um, and so it's just like those are things that we talk about, all, especially confidence. We talk about that all the time on this show because, you know, it's a show um, – about performers and so it takes confidence to get up there on that stage mm -hmm. but even in a relationship like you need to feel confident enough to say i was wrong i'm sorry you know i i did something that wasn't cool that takes confidence because you know that even though you were wrong it doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't make you a less it doesn't make you lesser um it's okay. Everybody's wrong sometimes. Um, yeah, and even if you're yeah. not wrong, right? Like, even if you're not fully wrong, even if you know that you did something right and it still upset them. Right. Like, how much is it worth to you for the relationship to go downhill for you to mm -hmm. beat that dead horse, right? Like, you got to pick and choose your battles. And that's in sure. everything that's, that's in when you're uh maybe negotiating or fighting for something in your career or you're dealing with your partnership i one thing i i wanted to come back to is the word weaponize and i think that it's such an important word that that we really need to use more because it's what happened to me in a lot of my relationships it was well i'm not happy with you so i'm gonna take away my displays of affection for you and i don't i'm not talking about public mm -hmm. i'm just talking saying that f typical physical reassurance that you would give me, now you're not going to give that to me because you're upset. When, hey, I might need that for reassurance. You know, we don't have to be right. getting along right now, but at, hey, just give me a hug. Let me know everything is cool, and you can go to the other side of the house. <laughs> you know, I'm glad that you brought that up. So one of the things that that, that leads into that's really big for our, our relationship for us both is we ask each other, we regularly will check in and just go, hey honey, are we okay? Like, are you okay today? And are we okay today? Is there anything that you want to say that's an issue? Let's talk about it. Mm. And we check in like that regularly. And it's just become such a like it's so regular that when it doesn't happen i'm like yo are we good why you didn't ask me you haven't asked me in a few days if we're okay you not okay <laughs> is it are you the problem today but i have come to look forward to that even when we're okay just knowing i'm with someone who still cares enough to ask is such a big deal and then we also 
remind each other regularly in, in very indirect ways what attracts each other. Like, one of the things that really attracted me to Danny was his personality, and he's so funny. So mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm in, across the house and I hear him laugh, it just makes me laugh. Like, I just laugh too because he's happy. But my favorite thing is when we're laughing together. And I know that we're not okay when we're not laughing together because there's so much there's so much happy energy in this house that our dog yeah. loves laughter. Like, <laughs> we will start laughing and he will come running in from the next room like, oh my god, I have to be in the middle of the laughter that's happening because I'm such a happy dog. And that's the energy... I, I've never had that kind of energy in a relationship. So being with someone who's willing to continue to maintain that is really, really important. You know what this reminds me of? Before I was married, I would always hear people say, marriage is work. And I never knew what they were talking about. Like it never made, because the, people, they just say that, but they never explain it. Um, but you just said, it's talking about, you know, the things that attract you. It's, it's remembering what attracted you to that to that person in the first place um, and reminding yourself of that. You know what I mean? Um, because you really do see each other when you make a commitment, even if it's not marriage, if you just make a commitment that you want to be with, with this person for the long haul, you really do have to get past, like you're, you're going to see everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know what I mean? So like you just have to get past it and you have to maintain the attraction. So I'm really glad to hear that you guys do that and that you guys have these specific ways of checking in with each other. It sounds like really good advice for our listeners. Um, and a- another thing that I noticed that the two of you do really well is that you share very well. You guys are just sharing the floor, just sharing the mic really, really well. Um, so now getting back to the more technical side of podcasting, how does that feed into podcast prep? I, I don't do anything. She. I do a lot of the show prep because one of the things I've seen is he will enter into these projects with other people and then they expect him to do all of the work. Like, find everything mm-hmm. we're going to talk about, promote the episode on social media, you know what I mean? Get the Lipson page going. Like, he has to do everything. So, going into the podcast, A, I didn't want to bring a podcast to him without having an idea of what it was going to look like. And B, I didn't want to bring him something I wasn't prepared to contribute to. So I just continued our love of finding really interesting stories. And then I just started saving them. So every once in a while, I'll send him something directly and we'll just talk about it privately. But for the most part, we have different folders where Mm -hmm. I just regularly add links to stories and add TikTok videos to watch and... And so we we set a specific day that we'll record uh, sometimes, you know, it'll be one day out of the weekend. Um, And then, of course, we do our our live show on Venom.fm on Tuesdays. And sometimes, you know, we'll we'll take some of the audio from that show and we'll repurpose it. And so um, we can get kind of the the live feel of people being around uh, the room and, and, and telling their you know, giving their answers to the questions and the things that we're talking about. So it's a mixture, uh, it's a mixture of both. And, you know, sometimes it's got us a lot of like very prepared. Like I have uh, two episodes already ready to go fired off, you know, cause we've recorded so much content. So essentially we can take off right now if we wanted to. <laughs> wow. So 
if you guys are just yet again just proving me right that just this balance it sounds like you each had different strengths and you played to those strengths um and that's what's working that's what's working so well um in, in both the relationship and the podcast it sounds like um okay so let's just do some random rapid fire questions um and either of you can answer Ooh, or you guys could try to race each other because that would be fun. Um, okay, who wakes up er- the earliest? Danny. Me, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who does most of the cooking? Me. Michelle, yeah. <laughs> Who's more likely uh, to be caught running late? Ooh, Ooh. that's. A <laughs> oh, that's a good yeah, one. I got a good one in there. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh... You know. I definitely will be late. It depends on the. um, It depends what we're getting ready for. On the function, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because if it's like a work meeting or whatever, I'm there early. But if it's like something with the Literally family, anything else. or like, hey, I need to go do something real quick. Ah, uh, nah, I'll wait. No, no, this is Danny. He's so funny. He'll be like, I'm gonna go get in the shower, and then I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and then I'll be ready to go at six o'clock. It'd be four thirty, and I'm like, "Are you still on the computer? What are you doing? Oh, yeah, I thought I had you to, get I had in the shower." And he'll look at me. I have so much stuff to do, and I'm like, "You came in here at nine in the morning. <laughs> what did you do?" Oh my goodness. Okay, Michelle's favorite food. Oh, she, oh man, there's so many favorites. Chicken, I want to go chicken. Yeah, definitely chicken fried and tacos. Chicken, fried chicken and tacos, for sure. It was one of the things we, so, funnily enough, one of the things we ask each other is like, what's your favorite food? And his is fried chicken and tacos, mine's fried chicken and tacos. And Ooh, we always joked that's about, how you know. <laughs> he, I know, it's perfect. I was like, you're a Columbo Rican, and so I love tacos, and I'm African American, you love chicken. It really, we have a balance. It works. And that's how we knew it was perfect, is fried chicken and tacos. I love that. You guys should open up a restaurant together. I always say, we do I always say so, um, so my husband's Korean, and I'm also black. So I always said that if we got um, that if we had a restaurant, it would be called Seoul, like Seoul food. Let's and go! Seoul, like Seoul Let's Korea, go! Seoul That's Korea. awesome. You're gonna make a joke about like now I know where Korean barbecue came from. <laughs> like, like... <laughs> so yes, definitely. Okay, Danny's favorite dessert. You know, that's tough. He's not really picky, but I had to go with either, like, a strawberry cheesecake or he likes these old man cookies that come in this tin that he doesn't <laughs> You are not. You, really she does not know about, about me. This is so sad. My my number one is either carrot cake or uh, coconut cream pie. Oh, no, I don't eat those, so... I'm allergic to coconut. I I answered for for what you felt. Yeah. Your feelings. What you would like. Okay. If I gave you the option. I wouldn't eat carrot or coconut, definitely. You said no. Hard pass. Okay. And the final question favorite shared hobby? That's show appropriate. See, we're all married here, so we, we know about that. Wow, what's a what's a shared hobby? 
You know, and- he doesn't like doing things with me. So- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Our favorite shared hobby, this is going to tell you how old and married we are. We love Jeopardy in this house. We will yeah, sit down. We love and watching we will, game shows we will in this find house. Game shows, especially a good trivia, a good trivia game. That's why we like do puzzles and question of the days. And being able to have the the gloating, I gloated all day Saturday because <laughs> we did the puzzle together. And he came up with the an answer at like question three, and I was like, I didn't know you were doing this with me. For this, and so just the bragging rights of feeling yes. like I'm the smartest person in the house. Definitely, <laughs> trivia games are great that we do together. I love that. Okay, so my final question I already know is going to be easy, but I wrote it down, so we'll end this way anyway. Uh, in five words or less, what's it like working and living together? And what out of ten do you recommend? So I'll go first. Because I say nice things about Danny all the time. I will say 0 out of 10, I don't recommend. Only because I'm not going to big up my husband on the podcast. Like, <laughs> I don't think all. that was the question. No, and, no, that was part of the question. It was the second part. She oh, did the ask that. Part. I just wanted to get that out of the way first. Because I don't want people searching for my husband. Like, no. He lives here. Um, <laughs> real. real. <laughs> In five words or less, life is amazing. I feel uh, because of her, I, I'm rejuvenated. Oh, you're so sweet. Uh, that that would be my five words, and then I would say, oh, uh, as far as working, so I would say she's, I of course, a. I would say eight out of ten because she is so reliable. Uh. There are some times where I'm just like, oh, boy. Uh, but most of the time, she's absolutely reliable. And because of her, our social media pages uh, are doing so well. We're seeing high numbers. But um, I but I honestly, even though that number is it's high, it's high because I really believe in her and what she does for the show. But I don't particularly agree with um, with with couples working together. I don't, I, I normally am against that actually. It just worked for us because we knew from the beginning that we wanted to make sure that this podcast, even though it, it, it does well for us, that it'll always be second to mm. what's ever happening. If we have an issue and we're, we're we might be fighting for a couple of days you know, I, I never, you know, champion for that. And that it never happens here. And we're very lucky. You know, we've been very lucky thus far. But in the event that something like that does happen, that we take care of it before we even touch the podcast, before we even turn on microphones. Um, because mm-hmm. that goes back to the transparency thing about the podcast and making sure that that it was. But a lot of people unfortunately can't have that and it makes sense right like when when there's emotions behind something that is business things can get a little muddy they can (laughs) i'll say the biggest thing that too that makes the podcast work is we entered into this agreeing not only that the podcast comes second but we do not joke about things that we are serious about 
So if there's ever something where I'm genuinely upset about it, we don't joke about it. It never comes up as this is a ha-ha funny thing. I'm going to bring it up on the show. We make sure that mm. we iron that stuff out clearly. And then if it comes up on the podcast, we're still really honest about, you know, how the disagreement played out or whatever. But we make sure not to ever make light of things that one of us feels is big. It goes back to respect. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, respecting each other's boundaries, feelings about different things. That is so, so good. Um, so before I let you all go, Michelle, do you want to shout out your social media? So you can find me on social media at author ML Farrell for Instagram specifically. It's at author ML underscore Farrell, or you can find me at linktree, linktree.com slash author ML Farrell. And all of my links are there. And Danny, yours. Yeah, at Romero on air for all social media. It's all going to be changing very soon to at Blind Radio Guy. Uh, and I'm going to be on TikTok doing radio history of the day. I'm going to be uh, posting clips of my new podcast that I'm going to be launching called the On Air Light Podcast, where I'm going to be able to sit down with a friend of mine in radio and interview major radio personalities uh, from the broadcasting industry. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm also going to be doing a, fun, a bunch of fun uh, pranks and a bunch of fun uh, blindness-related <laughs> things. So it's going to be fun on there. And that's also going to be Instagram and uh, Facebook, too, where you'll be able to find reels and you'll be able to find YouTube shorts as well. So it's going to be pretty active. So Blind Radio Guy uh, with all these uh, projects coming soon. When are you coming on? It goes down the DM. Yeah, you. you oh, your husband whenever. gotta come on. Whenever. Yeah, come on. <laughs> we would love to talk to you guys. We're friends yes. now. You gotta yes. come on the podcast. <laughs> oh please, definitely. Don't listen. Don't tempt me. I will be there tomorrow. Um, no, but, no but, don't play with us. I, let me tell you. Know who does the schedules? Me. Just send me a text. Like, you gotta send me a text. When you have my number. Yeah. All right. You got my number now, so you hit me up whenever. But um. Michelle, back to you for the show's social media. So for this show, social media, it's at Down in the DM Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And you can also join the It Goes Down the DM Pod official group. Uh, that group gets really out of control. It is not child-friendly. For anybody who joins that group, <laughs> do not bring your kids. <laughs> like, just don't bring them there. Our podcast is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, you can also find us in Spotify, Odyssey. You can find us in Amazon's uh, podcast directory. And, of course, YouTube. Our episodes are po posted on YouTube as well on our uh, It Goes Down in the DM YouTube channel. And, of course, you can find that all over our social media. We always post links to our uh, YouTube Awesome. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. And thank you for inviting me to your show because I will be there next week. Um, this has been yet <laughs> another episode of Scene Change. I'm Caitlin McIntyre, president of the National Federation of the Blind Performing Arts Division. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Scene Change. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website at nfb-pad.org. There you'll find links to our social media, membership, and resources for blind performers. 
Thanks to everyone who makes this show happen. Scene Change is produced by Shane Lowe, Joe Schooneman, Precious Perez, Chris Nussbaum, Sayun Choi, and Aaron Jordan. With music by Ryan Strunk and Tom Page. Remember, you can be the performer you want. Blindness is not what holds you back. We'll see you next time.